one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay wish i could say this morning in order to introduce my message that i never have had to be touched up or remade or remolded or refixed uh, I, I i can't say that i wish i could but i can't but i'm going to visit the potter this morning and uh, i'm going to take a look at the clay and i'm going to see if it's possible for somebody to be marred while they're busy for the Lord. Now, that's the danger right there. And why, you'd say, well, I just don't get it, Brother Olaf. I've been serving the Lord. Dad and mother called me, and they said, Brother Olaf, we've loved the Lord, and we've taught our children the way of Christ. And, um, but our little daughter, they said to me, was marred in the potter's hand. I mean, right close up to church and Sunday school and all the things of the Lord. And now then, just look. Another couple said to me, Brother Wolof, we could not let this little girl come home. We live in a small community. Our reputation is good, and you know how critical and mean and hard and cold people are, and said, now we're just really, you'll have to help us. Well, marred in the potter's hand. I see how many lessons we can dig out of this this morning, and when I get through, you'll get some more, I'm sure. The Word, that's Jeremiah 18, the Word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. And that's the right place to get it, isn't it? So it looks like we're in for something good now because if it comes from the Lord, it'll be a blessing. Don't be hard and cold and pull back and rebellious because God will have to spank you. He'll do it too. Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Now the word came to him and he said, now then, I've got something to say to you, but I want to make an illustration and demonstration while I do it. Now I want you to go down to the potter's house, and when you get down there, I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you an object lesson. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Now you're a prophet to Israel, and Israel is bad people, worldly, full of idolatry, but I still love them. And they're all twisted and torn, and have you ever noticed, are you listening now real good and get this, have you ever noticed that every time God's people go into idolatry, they go into bondage? And that's where we are now. America's in bondage. Oh, you talk about slaves. The American people are the worst slaves I know in the world. They're slaves of their appetites. They're slaves of tradition. They're slaves of money systems. And yet the money system's just about gone. Everything that we've tied ourselves on to has caved in, except the Lord. Little children are marred at an early age. When I started preaching, 
You know who the drunks were? The alcoholics were old men. You know who was in the New Essex County Jail when I went down there? When I came here and got permission from Mr. John Harney, Sheriff John Harney, uh, that tradition uh, of corpus, and uh, a Catholic friend of mine, and, and uh, he was pretty rough in a lot of ways, but uh, he told me something, and he let me go into the jail and preach to them. I mean, right inside with them. You know who they were? Older men. They were men in their 40s, 50s. You know who they are now? Teenagers. 18, 19, and up to 30. There they are. That's most of them. Little old boys. There they are. That's the difference. You say, what do you think? I don't have to think. I know what happened. Television came along. Dope came along. Liquor came along. And people got away from the Lord and the churches got away from preaching the gospel. We decided we'd have our uh, psychedelic or psilidelic or sinfulidelic and our little TV rooms and lounges and entertainment and we substituted book reviews for the preaching of the book and we substituted recreational programs and we had the supper room and the upper room's been forgotten and all the rest. You've heard, you know what I'm talking about. Now, we've lost our generation of young people. Now, the young people have no convictions left. I've had a bunch of them tell me, they looked at me in consternation and said, you mean living with somebody before you get married is wrong? I mean, they, were, they just looked at me just like that and said, you mean that's wrong? <laughs> I said, if the Bible's right, it's wrong. But you see, mothers and dads, this is the generation of the pill, every pill except the gospel. And so we got a generation of pill heads and pill pushers looking for something and you can't find it except you come to Jesus. I see in my congregation this morning alcoholics or just what the Bible calls them drunkards, just dying drunkards. And yet when they came to meet Jesus right out here in this place, they're sober this morning. Their minds are clear today. Their heart's right today. That's what Jesus does. Amen. Yes? Marred in the potter's hand. I called thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work. He was doing... Now, the potter was busy. You might be lazy, but God's not. Jesus said, my father works hitherto I work. Jesus said, I must need to go through Samaria. And... Uh, he said he was busy. Got out of the potter's house. He was doing a job. He had something to do. He wrought a work. Whereabouts? On wheels. And he said he made a... He wrought a work on the wheel. On the wheel. Now, God said, come on down here. I'm going to do a work on the wheels. And I'm going to show you how to build a work. And verse 4. This is the sad part of it, I guess. But there's another bright side. And the vessel that he made of clay, that's right, was marred in the hand of the potter. I tell you, we need to slow down along here. You people set that in front of me, and I'm talking to Brother Olaf right now. Brother, it's bad enough to go out and become a drunkard, or become a dopehead, or become a homebreaker, or get out yonder and start gambling, lose everything, starve you. But let me tell you something. It's a sad thing when you're right up in the potter's hand and get marred while you're in his hand. There's our danger today. Oh, listen. Uh, marred in the potter's hand. And there, and you know one, one reason is marred? Clay is marrable. Huh? 
If you know what I'm talking about. If you're made out of clay, and we need to realize that we're living in tabernacles of clay. We're not, li we're not gold. We're not silver. We're clay. And there's one thing good about clay. You can make something out of it, but uh, it can get marred also. I mean, it's delicate. He said he was marred. It was marred in the potter's hand. Now then, this is grace coming up next. He could have said, well, so what? I got plenty of clay. Throw it over in the junk pile. Throw it over in the wastebasket. Don't have to have it at all. Now, if he'd have done that, you and I could get discouraged a little bit when we foul up. I know a lot of people say, well, I was going to church and Sunday school. Yeah, that's right. It's danger in that, if that's all you do. And I still take my stand with the people who go to Sunday school and church. I still want to be identified with those who go worship God. I really do. I still believe the cleanest people in the world. But I believe that uh, that's on the beginning place. That's not the end. There's more to do than just to go sit down in the pew. My mind just thought about two folks, a man and his wife, right here in Corpus Christi. They spent their time running the tavern, nightclub, liquor joint, and uh, they turn on the radio broadcast. A lot of people listen, you know, for various reasons. And uh, they happen to listen to cusses. So they turn it on and have their cussing session while I was preaching. And one day, and the secretary said, come on in. And, and they said, we want to see Brother Olaf. They walked in. This is sweet and good. They said, Brother Olaf, we want to come by and visit with you and apologize to you. I said, who are you? And they told me. I said, you don't know us, so we know you. I said, we've cussed you many times. Said, we've been running the nightclub in the tavern over there, and said, uh, every day you come on the radio, we just turn it on and listen to you rare and rant and talk about our ugly business and how wicked and ungodly we were and what we've done, and said, we'd take anybody to come in, see them stagger away drunk, and we said, Brother Wolf, it's different now. We got saved. Thought we'd better come by and apologize to you and ask you if you'll forgive us. Huh? That made a difference, didn't it? I never did even see them. Jesus saw them. Jesus convicted them of their sin. Let me tell you something. When you get converted, you'll love God's people. When you're really saved, you'll love God's people. And you'll love to be around them. And let me say something else. When you get converted, I mean when you get saved and converted, born again, and the Spirit begins to do, and you get in the Word of God, you will no longer enjoy what you used to enjoy when you called it fellowship with the world. You won't enjoy that anymore. The things I once loved, and I hate because I've had a glimpse of Jesus. Yes, sir, things of earth and this old world grow strangely dim. What are we going to do? Quit? Is the potter discouraged? Is he weary? Is he going to keep on? Is there any hope for me? Here I am in the potter's hand. It's his decision. I'm helpless. I'm clay. Nothing I can do. The clay didn't say anything, but the potter said it. And notice what he said. He made it again. He made it again, another vessel. He made it again. You need to be made again this morning. You feel like there's some remaking to do, reviling and redeciding. So he made it again, another vessel. Now, how did he make it? As it seemed good 
to the potter to make it, just as it seemed good to the potter to make it. There's one thing you'll have to agree on, and that is the potter is the one that does the making. You don't. Invaluable is the potter, and the clay is helpless to mold itself. You know, I found out something about the human race. They just about give up everything except sin. They'll just, they'll just give up and give up, but they'll never want to turn their back on sin. And this is what they'll say. Well, I just don't have any conviction about it. Little girl said, all wound up in trouble. And she said, well, I just don't live by Brother Roloff's convictions. Well, I, I could tell she wasn't. That's the reason she's in such trouble. Wicked as the devil. Mean as a snake. I don't have his convictions. But it'd be a lot better if she did. Well, I thank God for every conviction you have out there that makes you love the Lord. And it's so easy to get mad and to criticize. But I want to ask you one question. Have you got something that works? Does it really work? Has it turned out real good for you? Has it turned out all right for your children? Has uh, it made you happy? I mean, it's what you're doing making you happy. You're doing something worthwhile, helping somebody else come to Christ. He made it again. He made it again. Another vessel has seemed good to the potter to make it. Now then, I want you to notice something. He said, Jeremiah, this is the illustration. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay's in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of of Israel. Then he reminds Jeremiah what he told him when he called him to preach. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, pluck up, pull down, destroy. You remember those four destructive verbs over there before he said plant and build up? If, verse 8, this is for America, if that nation against whom I've pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. That's America's only hope right there. Now, you'd say, Brother Wolf, do you believe that America could be saved? Yes, I do. Do you believe that she will be saved? No, sir. No, sir. Not the way she's going now. There is no national repentance. There is no sign of real godly sorrow for sin in America, and you know it. And religion now is having a revival and Satan worship, and homosexual churches, and, and Satan churches, and all the rest of it. But brother, there is no real sign and evidence of Bible revival in this country. George Whitfield, Charles G. Finney, Jonathan Edwards, the hellfire preacher, and those great preachers that preached back in their generation, when they got through preaching a revival, homes were put back together, drunkards sobered, and... Uh, Men and women begin to attend the house of worship and serve God and live and pay debts. I was preaching a meeting down here at a little old place called Edna. And uh, uh, the Lord uh, gave revival. I'm telling you, the power of God fell and people waited. They came to, they came to church and revival in, in boots because it rained so much. They just come walking up in them old rubber boots. Put them off and come in the house and we had, we had a revival. And uh, the revival was over. And uh, 
um, I could call his name. He was, on Monday morning, he was sitting on the steps of uh, one of the grocery stores. Just waiting till the proprietor came down, the owner came down. After a while, here he came. He said, well, good morning. He said, good morning, sir. He opened the door and he said, what can I do for you? He said, I, I want to pay my bill. He said, pay your bill. And he said, that's sure a good way to help me start Monday morning. He said, well, good. Yeah, he said, I want to pay it. He said, I just pay every bit of it. Well, he said, all right, let me get my book. So he turned over to his old book and he looked over that in R's. And uh, one roll off, but it's another R. And uh, he said, man, he said, uh, I don't believe I can, I don't see your name. How? Well, he says, it's been 20 years. He said, 20 years? Yeah. He said, man. I guess I've already marked it off. Oh, no. He said, just mark it on. He said, I've been to meeting and got right with the Lord. Amen? <laughs> I like that. Boys, this is where God comes in right here. This is where that old fire book comes in right now. Ah, listen. God is fixing to ignite him on the inside. I guarantee you. I mean, there's going to be a fire alarm. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up. In my what? Bones. Brother, there was a fire in the bone department. You say, what does that mean? Brother, that's where your conviction is. I mean, fire broke out in his convictions. And he said, what am I doing? Bone, not in his flesh, see, in his bones. That's what made him stand, isn't that right? You can't stand without your bones, boys. <laughs> we sure need a lot of good Bible bones, don't we? Yes, sir. And so he said... As a burning fire shut up in my bones. It is locked up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. And I could not stay. I had to go back again. Preachers, that'll keep you in the ministry. Get enough fire burning in your bones, that'll keep you. Yes. I know what they said. Read it if you want to. I heard the defaming of many fear on every side. Reports say they, and we'll report it. All my familiars watch for my halting. <laughs> Saying, peradventure, he'll be enticed. But a, a real Christian doesn't live a peradventure life. He don't live a maybe-so life. That's what that means. Peradventure, he'll be enticed. We should prevail against him, and we should take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Therefore, thy persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, and they shall not Prosper, their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. In verse 13, and I close, sing unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. He delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. Brother, I will get him over on the victory side. We need that burning of the bones this morning. Renewing of our convictions. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. If you ask about my fortune Or would like to hear me boast If you're looking for my glory And the things I treasure most I would have to tell the story About the one who makes me sing He's my savior, he's my brother He's my king I love my Jesus, 
I love my Jesus And my love for Him grows stronger day by day If you ask me, I will always answer I love my Jesus And Jesus loves me too I stand there on that morning And my journey is complete When I see the face of Jesus And I bow down at His feet Maybe I will not be able To say much or give a speech But there's one thing that I surely will repeat I love you I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Savior of my soul. On that morning, I won't wait to tell you. I love you, Jesus. I know you love me too. I love my Jesus. I love my Jesus And my love for Him grows stronger day by day If you ask me, I will always answer I love my Jesus And Jesus loves me too I love my Jesus And Jesus loves me too.